Welcome to Spend, Donate, Invest, a podcast at the intersection of social justice and personal finance. Let's talk about how we can spend, donate, and invest more in line with our values. This episode is about investing in the underinvested. Here's a letter. I'd like to invest in some underinvested entrepreneurs. How can I do this? Love this question. So three things came to mind. First, are you familiar with equity crowdfunding? Sometimes you'll also hear this referred to as regulation crowdfunding. So, you know, let's get some time travel sound effects and go back to 2012. So Barack Obama was the president of the United States. And at that time, he ushered in the Jobs Act. Jobs stood for Jumpstart Our Businesses. And it passed with bipartisan support. And the whole theme of it was making funding more accessible to small businesses. So previous to the Jobs Act, only accredited investors could participate in venture capital investing. This Jobs Act made it so that everyday investors could also participate. And at the time, there was a lot of criticism that the cap for what a company could crowdfund was only a million dollars in equity. But the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, has recently upped that cap to $5 million. And I think that was probably the moment that Arlen Hamilton knew what she would do next. (laughs) Arlen Hamilton, if you're unfamiliar, is the founder and managing partner of Backstage Capital. So she has stepped loudly onto the scene. She's a Black gay woman. She's committed to funding startups by people of color, women, and the LGBTQ community. So in February of 2021, she announced that she's opening a new fund that anyone can invest in to allow regular people access to VC-style investing as part of their portfolios. Specifically, she's allowing everyday investors to invest in the umbrella company of Backstage Capital. And my understanding is that you can invest as little as $100. What a time to be alive. (laughs) I will be following developments on this. And of course, as you are creating your own portfolio, you should consult with with a financial advisor who is certified in your state. I am not a financial advisor and I'm not here to provide any legally binding advice to you. I also want to highlight another way to invest in underinvested entrepreneurs, and that is by lending out small amounts of money through the practice of micro-lending. Muhammad Yunus won a Nobel Prize for his work in creating a successful micro-lending system with the Grameen Bank. And he says he got the idea when he was talking to some women in a village in Bangladesh, and he realized that the challenges they were facing to access even tiny amounts of capital to start or to grow their small businesses. And I do mean tiny amounts of money, a few dollars per woman. And they all paid him back and made profits on the money he'd lent them. So anyway, fast forward some years and Muhammad Yunus grew Grameen Bank to provide billions of dollars in microloans to millions of borrowers, mostly women in Bangladesh. And uh, Muhammad Yunus's advocacy for this type of economic development inspired lots of others to start similar organizations, only one of which is called Kiva. So Kiva is based in San Francisco. 
And it started when Jessica Jackley wanted to attend a talk at Stanford Business School and invited her husband at the time, Matt Flannery, to hear Muhammad Yunus speak. They were so moved by the speech that they founded Kiva two years later. And Kiva has grown a lot since then. I was reading their 2019 annual report and I saw that they are facilitating $150 million in loans in 67 countries. So most of their loans go to women in rural areas and developing countries, although they don't limit their loans to women. And they also do loan to borrowers in the U.S. So this is a little bit of the the nitty gritty if you're interested. Some borrowers will get that loan directly from Kiva, in which case they don't pay interest. But other times, and I get the sense that this may be the majority of loans, Kiva works with local partners to be able to disperse the money. So the borrower will end up paying interest to the local partner, and then that local partner uses that interest to pay a fee to Kiva. And that's how Kiva runs its organization. They also get a lot of funding and grants to provide the overhead costs. We talked about overhead costs (laughs) just a few episodes ago. And the repayment rates are high, about 97%. And you can loan as little as $25 if you're interested in being a lender. All of the loan amount will go to the borrower, and you don't need to have the full amount that the borrower has requested. So there's like a crowdfunding element to it. For example, I saw a post by a Palestinian woman in the West Bank who's raising money to upgrade her sewing machine and fabrics to sew to support her family. And so far, about 48 people have lent money to this effort. There are thousands of borrowers who have posted their projects, and you can choose to lend your money to the ones that speak to you. There are similar organizations if Kiva doesn't feel like a good fit for you. I just wanted to introduce the concept. Here's a third suggestion. Have you thought about banking with a CDFI? So that's a community development financial institution. In other words, a bank or a credit union that focuses on serving people in low-income areas that have traditionally been locked out of the financial system because, say it with me, systematic oppression. One secret about being poor in America is that it's really, really expensive. For example, payday lenders sometimes charge around 400% in interest rates. I'll say that again, 400%. Rather than going to a payday lender, a person could go to one of these CDFIs and get a rate of, let's say, around 18%. Or you might have someone that's trying to buy a house or start a small business who will actually get access to money through one of these CDFIs. So my suggestion is to consider banking with a CDFI. You can put all or some of your money into one of these CDFIs, which means your capital will be accessible to a community that has been locked out of traditional banks. There are CDFIs all over America, and I'll include a link in the show notes so you can find one in your state. So those are three suggestions for you today. You wanted to invest in the underinvested, so think about, first of all, equity crowdfunding, for example, through Backstage Capital. That was Arlen Hamilton's VC. Second, micro-lending, for example, through an organization like the Grameen Bank or Kiva. And finally, Think about keeping some of your money in a CDFI bank or credit union. So people who have been historically locked out of traditional banks and our country's financial system can have access to capital to buy homes and start businesses. So 
What do you think? Have you found other ways to tackle this quandary? Or do you have a different question? If you ever have a question about how you spend, donate, or invest, or anything else related to doing good with your money, send it in and I'll do the research, ask experts, and share what I find out. Check out the show notes for the email address to send in your questions. If you think there should be more conversations like this, please write a review for this podcast on iTunes. This is the biggest support you can provide this podcast. If you're too busy, please just leave a rating. And of course, please share this episode with anyone who you think might find it interesting. Thank you.